We are back. Welcome to the 12th Men Podcast. As ever, I'm joined by T1. T1, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Very good. That's very low-key. <laughs> good start. And Gadge? Gadge, how are you? I'm well, not particularly good, mate. Why? Right, what's happened? Nothing, but you're not asking because you care. Is that really? <laughs> you're just asking because it's part of well, it's the part, format, it's, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's part of my little yeah, intro. Never, yeah, I'm not well. All right, but why? What's what? Well, You've got a good that, big that, new promotion. I, mean, I was going to bring that up later. I don't the, know if that's been public. Yes, that's for the well-being pod that we're doing after this. We can talk about why I'm not happy. <laughs> you um, look well, Gadget. Yeah. That's when I look fat. Are you doing my fat shaming again? Are you this is what happens. Mm. Yeah, well, but as you can hear, the umming in the background, we are joined this week by Wizards Editor-in-Chief. Oof. And, well... First, firstly, that's, firstly, that's not correct, is it? Because that kind of Lawrence Booth is a proper real well, man. I'm, I'm Wisdom Cricket Monthly Magazine's editor in Well, and, and that's good enough for me. And, 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 and an overall survivor. And no, I'm a top cricket journalist. Modernising cricket in yeah, this. Bring it in, finally bring it into the 21st century. Yeah, yeah bringing Lawrence old Luke. antiquated brands into the 21st century. Kicking Roll. and screaming. Yeah. Roll, it's Roll. Philip Waterf. Phil Walker. No, Philip. Philip's fine. Philip's fine. Yeah, Phil on the Walker. certificate, he's a Philip. That's all right. I'll go with that. Yeah, uh, big Phil. Very happy to be here, as they say. Um, let's let's roll this one along because I yeah. do have to be at yeah. the Spurs I mean, Chelsea semi final. So we literally dragged him kicking and screaming <laughs> yeah. down to this podcast studio. Safe podcast. Aaron, you know I'd do anything for you. Well, you know. that's not quite true. <laughs> I'm probably better <laughs> researched about the Carabao Cup semi final um, than I am. West Indies cricket. So, same here. <laughs> so, same here. Do, 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 we, do we mention where the, the test match is? Yeah, just to well, a bit of context. To, yeah, context. We Our first topic was meant to be, you know, the state of West Indies cricket. It still is. It still is. In, which is still going to be. But actually, currently, they're, in, they're currently ripping through England, uh, having bowled England out for, sorry, having put on, put on 290. Uh, in the first innings, they now have England 50 for 8, uh, which is... Hold on, se- 73 for 8 now. Oh, 73 for Sam 8. Sam Curran, Curran looking to top score. Sorry, Sam Curran looking to top score. Um, and so, yeah, so let's just dive in. West Indies cricket, where are we at, Phil? It's a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, assuming this game follows through on its stunning course and, and the Windies win it, then firstly, you've got to have a pretty pretty hard heart not to be quite pleased by that result I think um, and it also if you put it in context of England West Indies games it would make it 3-2 to the West Indies over the last five test matches you know they won they won famously at Headingley yep. a year or two ago and they won the last game in 2015 so that would have been three in the last five so when we we kind of pile in on the on the it's the, 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 the obituary obituary the writers series, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, sure, but, but if you if you kind of acknowledge that each test match is an event on its own terms and a narrative that unfolds on its own terms and all of that, then then they've won three of the last five five events against England. Um, and so when when we sharpen the pencils to write the latest obituary about West Indies cricket, we do have to kind of bear in mind uh, that maybe maybe their, their demise is is somewhat premature. Uh, and if you look at look at what's happened just in this particular game, it's no great shock that they've got three good quality seamers who have gone out and done yeah. the job, you know. I mean, the pedigree there is is proven, you know, and Roach is back and fit and he's 30-odd years old. Gabriel is as, is one of the top five quickest bowlers in the world, according to Crickviz. And, and Holder, Holder is a dream of a cricketer, as he proved last year. So so while the scale of it is a shock, what, what, still 73 for eight, <laughs> um, yeah, 17 to go to avoid the follow-on, um, yeah, the... The overall picture, it's 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 not smooth, but it's not quite as fragmented and fractured and, and irredeemably broken as okay. some people like They've to think. They've got good cricketers. I think they have got good cricketers. This test side at the moment with Shy Hope, uh, with Brathwaite, with uh, as you said the seam attack. They've got and also captained by Jason Holder. They've got good cricketers in the side, but I would argue that they are fractured. Pay disputes still rumble on. They keep produ- uh, they keep winning or getting close to winning like T20 and. Uh, doing 150 over stuff, but yet their big players sometimes don't want to play and, and want to play 2020 tournaments around the world. And is that How? sort of the point as well? Sorry, just to, um, inter- isn't that almost the point that we are still surprised? We know they've got decent players, but the fact that um, they go into a series with England and everyone still thinks that 
you know, they're a weak side, you know, they're not qualifying for um, World Cups um, mm-hmm. without having to go through the associate. Do you know what I mean? They have got good players, but they are struggling. And that is kind of the demise, isn't it? From going from a superpower and to, in two decades' time to to being an afterthought in international cricket, I think that's... Yeah, I think they've always, they'll always perform like it on, on a one-off game. Yeah, to me, there's a lot of strands to this one. Um, but one of them that I think you've touched on there is the kind of inherent arrogance of our own sort of cricket and culture when we look over towards the West Indies. I mean, we've won one series there in about half a century. <laughs> Was that the yeah. 2004 series? Yeah, 2004 series. Yeah. Uh, we, we lost in 09, 1-0. Yeah, 1-0. Uh, Jerome Taylor bowled us out in an afternoon, just like Roach has done today. Yeah. 2015 was a draw, 1-1. One, one. So we've literally won one series in the West Indies since, God knows, 1960-something, 67. Yeah, yeah. Right, the, the Cowdery Tour and all of that. So let's put this in perspective. Uh, you know, we, we get very kind of smug and superior in this country about the, about the, the positive, flourishing state of our own setup, and we look rather patronisingly over at the West Indies. And while you bang on, Aaron, it is, it is administratively fractured and famously the union the players union hate the board and vice versa and this old-fashioned notion or this rather kind of embedded notion that people don't follow it anymore they don't give a toss about cricket anymore in the west indies is is nonsense okay so talk to me about that more more kids are playing cricket in the west indies active competitive cricket in the west indies than ever before uh it's being played in more schools than ever before i spoke to holder before christmas who was quite open about uh, some of the problems, he said, that our first-class structure is, is is massively underfunded. There are problems within it. Um, the competitive aspect of it is 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 not not what it should be. Blah blah blah. There were other things that he's got issues with, but he was saying the fundamental kind of groundswell of passion and interest is actually stronger than he's known because during that, his that time. Was, when was he was sure. a nipper growing up in Barbados, yeah. there were fewer people playing cricket and talking about cricket than there are 15 years on. Because you look. Previously, and previous generation, eighties, early nineties, the grounds used to be full. You know, it looked like the West Indies was obviously coming to the end of that dominant period of cricket, and and then this the party line almost coming out was, oh, everyone's more interested in football and basketball. But you're saying that actually that's not the case. Well, people are you know gravitating I'm, I'm not, towards cricket. I'm not kind of walking the streets of, of Port of Spain, you know. No, <laughs> but, you, trade. but you're but in the, for, no, you for are what, the editor in chief. From, from what from what you hear, uh, the the youth structures of West Indies throughout the Caribbean are overhauled and right. so much better than they were, just in the way that they are in this country as well, you know, you know, since the kind of chance to shine phenomenon, then more people are actually playing the game, uh, whether it's with a blue bat for half an hour in a playground or not, but they are still more exposed to the game. Working class kids are more exposed to the game than they have been in, in, in a generation and more. There are officially more kids playing cricket in, in the West Indies and being exposed to the game in the West Indies than, than there has been uh, historically. That's had to come in because I guess the the organic love of the game has maybe got more fragmented over the last few years. Um, but, you know, look, this test match I think is proving again that uh, the, the game out there, the, the, the culture out there is still wedded and embedded in cricket. Uh, and... Basketball is not taking over. Football is not yeah. dominating to, 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 the, to the extent that cricket doesn't exist anymore. It's just not, it's just not the case. Yeah. Cricket is played elsewhere as well, in smaller places more than it used to be. You know, it's played in the smaller islands. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I, I think we need to be pleased about this. I think we need, I to, be, we need to be encouraged by it. Yeah. And as we all know, right, cricket's a silly little world with you know, 10, 12 countries playing it seriously and a handful of others who are tinkering with playing it seriously. Uh, it's a self-preservation society, cricket, and so the game is the thing. It doesn't ultimately matter who wins and who loses, really, not really, because our allegiance is to the game. It's not to to England or India this or is, Pakistan. This is, this is, our allegiance is to the game, the right? Bo- the, uh, Bob Dylan, the Bob Dylan. The Bob Dylan. I'm going to say Emmanuel Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a real piss ant. <laughs> I think Phil makes a, a good point. Thank you. so much that... Uh, it is great that cricket is flourishing in terms of uh, participation in West Indies. I think the thing that uh, gets missed is, and I, I went with a friend to the 2007 World Cup there, and I think you're sort of seeing the same this time around as well, where A, the stadiums aren't packed, and it's noticeable they're definitely not packed 
with West Indies fans, the Barmy Army and English fans take up the vast majority of people who are turning up to games. Now that combined with the misadministration of West Indies cricket and a countless world-class players who play white ball cricket around the world but don't want to play for West Indies leads most people to think, you know what, West Indies isn't in a great state. You know, the quality of cricket is not in a great position. Yeah. Uh, and I think you feel made another great point is that we don't win there. Don't, like, don't feed his ego too much. No, if, like if, he, if he makes valid points, obviously if he doesn't, then we'll go in. There are two points. Like, we ha- we've only won twice there, out there. Like, to think that this was going to be like a, a walkover, I think the bookies had it as like evens for us to win 3 0. Which is like, which is like uh, absurd. Yeah, but also when you're watching the TV as well, it feeds that kind of inherent arrogance. We're 9 well, down. You know, We're 9 down. Yeah. 9 down, there we go. Um, it, and, you know, I was kind of, I've been watching a lot of the TV coverage the last few few days in the build-up to it, and there is, it, it does put me off a little bit, I have to be honest, when, when you when you oh, get that sense of, of that kind of superior English self Self-entitlement outlet. in cricket from our Sky, from believe, believe certain Sky not. journalists. Believe it or no. not. No. Shocking, your corporation's a joke, T1. <laughs> oh. Don't work for Sky. <laughs> Can we just, anyway, whenever they've employed me, they pay well, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Still vote for that job on cricket as well as the TV. <laughs> Look at you. Any platform. I actually do run. My, well, my company do actually run all the recruitment for Sky. So we should. All right, let's. We will talk. We'll talk. Do you want anything to add? Well, the thing, the interesting thing about the white ball cricketers, um, which yeah. I want to talk about, is big time, if you go about, if you, I was looking through the list of the big ones now. I'm sh- look. I'm sure a different argument is you're losing maybe really talented cricketers that could be playing test cricket to white ball cricket because they see the riches. But I'm looking through, you know, the big names now we talk about. Mm-hmm. Chris Gale, Bravo, um, you know, even Bravo, Sunil Narayan potentially. Narayan, Pollard, yeah. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Pollard, Russell. Russell. Okay, other than Andre Russell, I don't know if those four, may, and maybe Narayan, depending. I don't know if those ones are getting into their test team anymore. Like, Chris Gale's not. I don't know if Dwayne Bravo... Is Chris Gale... Well, well, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Bravo's retired... Uh, Chris Gale's getting into the test line. From the, yeah. from the five-day game. Probably. Chris Gale is playing in the World Cup here, but he's hasn't played a test match in a couple of years and isn't bothered about playing test no. cricket. And also, he's, th- he's 37-odd. Chris right? Gale's not getting in the test side. He no. Well, opening up probably is. I, I mean, yeah, he would, he would, he would probably the feature, they've although been, he is over the hill. They've been rotating door with Brathway, haven't they, recently? They've been rotating but, revolving door even, sorry. Yeah, he, he would he would get in, into that side. You would think, even though Holder acknowledged on Gale that he is he is moving to the the end of his career, yeah. but he will be opening over here in June for the start of the World Cup. Um, I'm I'm not that I'm not that over overly concerned about the the kind of diversification of their five five day game and their one day game particularly. Uh, you know, they've they've got the nucleus of a half decent Test side, uh, and they've got the nucleus of a brilliant 2020 side uh, is probably the most consistently brilliant 2020 side of the last yeah. five years. And so yeah. we, if we recognise that cricket is changing and probably changing quite profoundly in the last few years, then our kind of sniffy disdain for West Indies cricket and our ever so patronising look at oh, what it's going to look like in a few years' time, well, they might just turn around and say, well, hold on, we won, we've got to the final... Well, three years ago, and we won it two years ago, whatever the numbers are. Well, the under-19s, the main side, and the women's side won it. Yeah, at one, at one point they were all, all, they were all world champions, world yeah, champions, concurrently. Which is, this is it. a good statement about West Indies cricket. It's just, maybe yeah. we're conflating the fractured... England fractured are all out for 77, which is the seventh lowest score ever. Do you enforce the follow-on now? In, in England, yes West Indies. No, no. It's it's get, the pitch is getting worse. See that again. Mm. pitch is Stack getting worse. It's also, you know, day and a half in... But that's yeah. where the bowlers aren't tired, right? The bowlers could go again. And England, West Indies have got 212. But the, 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 way, the way that you would look at it, I think, um, and Aaron kind of sits in dressing rooms, so yeah. they have these actual conversations. Uh, us, we just sort of sit around stroking our beards and trying to figure <laughs> it out. But we actually do all have beards. But if, if I was in the England dressing room, I'd be thinking, go on, enforce the follow-on. Enforce the follow-on. We'll go out there. We'll be, you know, 180 for two at the end there's no way that England aren't losing the game if the West Indies go out and back yeah. again. Pitch, pitch is only getting worse. Yeah. You've got to dodge it on the wicket. <coughs> um, so, anyway, West Indies cricket is completely fine. I just wanted to add one last go thing on. about the crowds. About the crowds. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, all, all the old VHSs that we used to watch, you know, the, with Chickie's Disco and Gravy and Mayfield they were, at Antigua. They were amazing. Yeah, sure. And it, and it, 
it sold the game to us as young lads like like nothing else could, yeah. right? Um, but I think that it can be a little bit deceptive when you look at the, the crowds in the, in the West Indies and you don't see too many people there for a West Indies-Bangladesh day three from <laughs> Grenada or whatever and you kind of think, oh, the game's dead. Well, you know, if you were to look at Headingley in 1981 when they had a game of cricket there against Australia, there's no one in the ground there either. Yeah. You know, and both of them walks out of bat England 100 for five, you know, and it's all done and dusted. There's hardly anyone in the ground. Yeah. If you watch England-West Indies series throughout the 80s in England and you got that great West Indies side, no one's there. No one's gone to watch it. So, you know, I think we have to be slightly slightly mindful of that. Ever the optimist. Who, who are you? Who are you, Phil Walker, the optimist? When West Indies used to play here, didn't, didn't the large... I think the ovals in 76 in 76 yeah out there out there literally you know past that window there was that outpouring there was that kind of black diaspora outpouring that you saw especially in South London by the by the turn of the 80s um, and I'm not just talking about West Indies England test matches necessarily I'm just talking about the overall vibe around English cricket in the 80s if you were to judge the health of a game by how many people are in the stands then there was hardly anybody who was going to watch the games and we saw it through the 90s as well uh, I, I don't think the game is just drifting away from the, the consciousness of West Indies people I think that's an interesting topic for another pod is how you judge the health of a game in a country right like is it by... The cricket roundtable. We'll get all the leading yeah. journals well, is it, in is it. Is it by the success well, of your elite team? Is it, by the, is it by the quality of your first-class system? Is it by yeah. the amount of recreational players? We could do it like a like, waiting system. It's, it's, yeah. it's, well, is I, it combined? I, like, I, is I think it like a, the one, thing, one of the things that hurts West Indian cricket is that its best players don't want to play for its, their country. And you go as far as say some of the most talented cricketers from West Indies leave the West Indies to play for other countries. Chris Jordan, for example, Jofra Archer. Yeah. But that, that, that isn't... Uh, you, you're not in a good position if the administration, administrators of your cricket board aren't, 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 aren't enticing your best players to play for you. And if it's about making money, New Zealand do it pretty well. New Zealand have a pretty good balance where they have a pretty frank conversation with their players and say, if you need to go and make some money, go and make some money. Let's work out what, who's playing on what tours. Yeah. And I think West Indies could do that better. I think you know, no, I th- I th- I the think historical right. problem yeah. between the players and the board uh, I think that's one thing, but it is fairly unheard of, uh, unless a country can ban from playing cricket, that people from a certain country will leave the country completely to go and become a national players from another country. Yeah, unless obviously there's a sort of South Africa yeah, quite, yeah. Yeah. And I think specific case. On that, on that, it's a unique turning point in this sport that has allowed it, right? So, other than World Series cricket, where you were still allowed to represent your country, although there were combined 11s, which... Yeah. Against said you won't represent your country, right? Um, franchise cricket has allowed it in cricket. Sorry, and you could argue like in football, which we'll, I guess we'll talk on later. People play for their club sides instead of their countries. Like you know, Ryan Giggs barely played for Wales, right? Because mm. yeah, Alex Ferguson didn't want him to. So I don't think it's that precedent's never been set. Uh, maybe not in cricket, but cricket's in a unique time. The question I want to ask, I don't know if Jason spoke to you about this, and it's interesting how we talk about West Indies as a country. The West Indies isn't a country, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a series yeah. of regions, yeah. It's a, it, yeah. yeah. Which, and I don't know whether you have less affinity to... I think famously so, Clive Loder was like champion, this one who brought the island together. Yeah. Yeah. And all the sort of like internal beef, especially between big islands like Jamaica and Barbados, he was able to bring everyone together and be like, look, we're one collection of islands and we're going against everyone else and we're one team. Uh, I don't know to what extent that's a problem now. A, a good example of it was the 91, I think 91 or 2 test match. First uh, test match back after readmission for South Africa against the West Indies at Barbados. And Anderson Cummins, young seamer, Bayesian lad, wasn't picked for the test match. So the crowd, even though the West Indies were the number one team in the world, you know, they still had those, all those great players, uh, no one turned up. Except for a handful of people, one of which with a big banner saying "No Cummins, no goings," <laughs> and, 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 nice. and they didn't turn up. This was nice. in '92 when you couldn't have been happier if you were a West Indies fan. Right. But it's because their own boy wasn't playing. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of inter-island rivalry. There are some suggestions, although not seriously taken yet, uh, of potentially down the line, you know, Jamaica becoming uh, a separate entity on its own terms, potentially playing international cricket. 
as a country, you know, as they would do, say, in the Commonwealth Games and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I don't see that happening. I don't, think, I don't think we need to get to that point. But I think what you touch on about how the game, the complexion of the game is changing, the, the, the sanctity of international cricket is not as strong as it used to be. The power of, of, of club cricket, of franchise cricket, uh, is growing, growing all the time. And with that, because these are professional sportsmen and, and women at the end of the day, and they are always, in the end, going to look after themselves first and foremost, we have to accept that the landscape is going to change as a consequence of that, you know, and that people's priorities are therefore going to change. We were talking about the health of the English game, which is quite relevant at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it's a big talking point. It's uh, the hundreds coming in in 2020. Um, um, no, sure. that's, that's 12 men podcast bingo because we've yeah. got we <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast without mentioning the hundreds. We've got the World Cup in 2019. We've got, you know, it's a big, it's a big year. Sure. Year, two year period can in, I, can in I, English cricket. Go on. You're, you're obviously hopelessly conflicted because you're tied into this, this game on a professional level, but. These other two lads, right? The hundred, because I haven't heard what you've been talking about in previous shows about. We don't listen. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Why, why about, would I? I, I can't even listen to my own podcast. Do you know what I mean? I can I can barely even get through to the end of my own one. So you with, must press play with respect, on it and mute it just to get your. With, with respect, I, I haven't heard. I'm not an avid listener of your own show. Let, let's try and keep this this on the level. What do you two think, as as fans? You know, cricket lovers, sure, but. You're not relying on the success or otherwise of this. Do you know what I mean? You're not trying to sell copy or sell your own career on the back of it. So what do you think about it? So my, I principally don't have a problem with any... My biggest problem with it is the idea that an over isn't six balls really winds me up. Why? I just think, like, why would you have nine, um, like 98% of the innings being one set and then... That's not the problem. That's not how you sell the game of cricket. Some that the problem was never the but six balls. It wasn't confusing people. But why? Why does that bother you? They used to play eight ball test matches, you know, for years in Australia. But they never played an eight. They never played like hot, like certain amount of overs with eight balls, and then like one <laughs> final thing. <laughs> it's twenty balls. Yeah. Yeah. In, in principle, an over is a man-made. It's a man-made thing, right? So it's not like Construct. time. Like yeah, sure. But what an over. I, I guess. An over. I guess there's something fundamental in the the way that it's actually going to be recorded you know they're going to be counting down from 100 down to one i think so the the the, the sacrosanct sacred six ball over thing gets absorbed i think into the overall point that, that it's every ball counts and and i kind of i don't have a personally i don't have a problem with that with that really at all also i play last man stands cricket so we bowl five ball overs and then you you know and then you bowl a <laughs> ten ball over here and there i've also played the hundred incidentally i played it at lord's yeah well didn't go that far, but I did play at Lords on the nursery ground. Um, nicked off to a, to a bloke who works at the MCC. Scandalous oh. decision. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I did take four four catches, and, oh, and I, I did quite like it. Stats? Uh, seven, an average of seven from Straight one game. Right. Oh, well, that would have been good. I mean, you know, I always have a dash. <laughs> uh, but but my, my catching record: four catches in a hundred balls. That's not bad, not bad yeah, going, yeah. is it? Yeah. Best fielder in 100 ball cricket history. Yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. you are yeah. currently mark it. You mark it down. Um, Gav, thoughts on the hundred? Oh gosh, I've have you done this to death? No, no we no, haven't. No, no. no. I, okay. I just, I whinge about it from time to time. Uh, I just think 2020 works. I think it's strange that uh, the ECB would uh, invent a form and adapt cricket in a very innovative way, then watch loads of other countries do it a lot better. Right, and then. Uh, people play in a 10-over competition and then they devise a 16-and-a-half-over competition that doesn't necessarily make much sense from a time perspective. Yeah. Uh, can you make money from this? Yeah, absolutely, because you're throwing it, they're, they're chucking a lot of money at it, so it will be successful. Unprecedented about money. Yeah. yeah. So the, the issue for me that is irritating from a, as, from a, as a cricket lover yeah. is the transparency. Now, okay. I would be intensely relaxed about uh, supporting the 100 and going to pubs and flogging it when I'm pissed and saying how great it is. Uh, if there was evidence that the 100 will attract more people to it, people who don't ordinarily watch cricket, if the 100 will mean that uh, the quality of cricket will improve in some tangible way, uh, if it means that the county cricketers that participate in the 100 will uh, get more money or in some way 
rewarded for this new format and if they felt that they were obviously we have a sort of collective interest in uh, the underutilization of South Asian community Mm -hmm. in English cricket Uh, if there was evidence that we're brown by the way that's why yeah all of us I'm socially conscious. Yeah. Some, some of our best friends are brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not pegging you as a racist. <laughs> We're not uh, I, I think if, if there was evidence that this was going to reach out to communities that watch and play recreational cricket but aren't involved in the official sort of structures of cricket, then I'll be all behind it. But the reality is that the ECB either haven't done it and therefore can't release it or have done it and it doesn't necessarily support that position but I don't know why they wouldn't tell us why it's going to work yeah. well and, my, and that's and literally that is, my, <laughs> that's, that is my biggest issue as a player I it's, thought that was a brilliant summary man thank you truly thank you. brilliant summary you my know. biggest problem is what, what about the fucking overs <laughs> <laughs> is the transparency ECB to first sell it as a franchise T20 tournament and somewhere along the line in a dark room someone has walked out with a 100 ball concept shows well there's no, been no, to me, no tangible workings out to see how we're going to attract a new audience and why that's going to make the game better. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not seeing it. Second point to that is if the ECB can do that in there and they act as this kind of behemoth, what are they going to do in the future uh, to the game without really consultation from anyone? Any yeah, no, yeah. I guess in, in and a, that's my worry going forward. In an ultra-cynical way, if the ECB had done a deal with the BCCI, and all the Indian big guns were going to be coming and playing 100, and they'd made sure that like a million, millions of people in the subcontinent were going to be watching it, and they were going to make a shitload of money, that would be different, but we know for certain that isn't going to be the case. Yeah. And we're not going to see all the sort of big-name Indian cricketers coming over here playing 100 ball. When you say why, we know for certain... Why, why well, BCC, there's no interest in the BCCI at the moment. Because there's no scenario in which the BCCI allow another franchise to take over from IPL. It's not going to happen. There's not sure. a lot of financial interest. Therefore, you know that ECB haven't thought it through. Yeah. Like Donny and Coley aren't going to be coming here. Unless he retires. Uh, he and, retires. Make, and making heaps of like, playing a 100 ball cricket. Mm-hmm. It's, it's well, not, Coley's publicly said it's not a great idea. To, yeah. to, to Wisdom Cricket Month and things. Oh! Exclusive. Plug, exclusive. Scoopage. Plug. Yeah. Um, it, it, I was going to ask though. you for plugs uh, at the end, but anyway, uh, that's fine. You can drop them in as and when, as the pod is running. Sure. Um, Thank you. So, as we've done and dusted and, you know, kind of solved the 100. Um, <laughs> um, I have one problem with it, go. overridingly. I just, I struggle to think why people are going to care More. about about the blue team against the red team. Correct. Without the, si- what, without the city allegiance? Th- there'll be a sort of vague regional allegiance, probably. Although they are, they were talking seriously about it, literally being, Names, yeah. like, you know, the Dolphins against the I thought against they said the explicitly, no, they're not going to be city-based franchises. Yeah, well, they've now no, moved away from it. They've from that. They've, they've, they've moved away also, from it being Manchester, yeah. but they're moving towards it being Northwest, I think. <laughs> Northwestern. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, my, 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 I can deal with 100 balls. I can deal with it being different to 120 balls. I can understand the value commercially as much as anything else. We're having a bit of daylight between those two tournaments. Uh one thing I can't understand is why the players themselves are so against it, because if there's one thing that you're definitely going to get from that, 80 of the 400-odd professional players in this country are going to be nicely remunerated by being involved in this tournament, because you know, there will be a lot of money around it. There will be a lot of money around it. Because you've, you've sort of answered your own question, because 75% of people won't. Yeah, but if you're ambitious and you've got aspirations and you fancy yourself, as most county cricketers do, <laughs> present company accepted, <laughs> obviously... <laughs> Uh, then, then why wouldn't you be looking at that and thinking, oh, do you know what, I can get into that. You know, I'll get my name out. If I do really well, I'll, I'll, I'll get an IPL but contract. Then, but then, Just like Pat Brown was, was up for an auction. But hold on, this time but then that's I've the problem you don't. Do you uh, think, like, sorry, if uh, the following one in a 100-ball competition, we don't know, right, so there's a lot of speculation. Do you think, like, international team, at international level or at franchise level in the IPL, that's going to be, people are going to look at your 100-ball performance and your 100-ball stats? Why would they look at the franchise T20 in the same way? The the reality is that there is no empirical evidence to suggest your performance in T20 in the UK means that you get snapped up for IPL for more dosh. If anything, it's smashing India. That is the most the biggest criterion yeah, yeah, yeah. by which you make you money. have a good day against India yeah, yeah. you're worth more yeah. as uh, two people have right, shown uh, <laughs> definitely 
feel as though yeah. we're about the other. I'll about Laurie Evans. Uh, so I think Laurie Evans is fantastic. Twenty twenty three, he smashed it in Bangladesh as well, one hundred and seventy back to back. Uh, in terms of twenty twenty three, he's one of the best yeah, two uh, year uh, stretches in twenty. Yeah, is that right? I think yeah, in twenty eighteen, he's got like 10, many, like 10, 20, 20 which is up in and he's 15. not and he's not doing any of like he's, he's not, not because, getting in the because, big tournaments, the big bash, because, the IPLs. It's, it's just not uh, interesting from uh, an IPL perspective. I don't think the hundred will mean become like a cash cow. Someone scores a big couple of hundreds in the hundred. Well, was, until that broadcast right gets it, done with the BCCI. If it was a ten over competition, I think you could make a better argument as to why you're worth more for the IPL than a sixteen over competition. Mm. I think until that relationship improves, and I think this is the ICC may have to, you know, oversee this until those negotiations between the big three and within the big three, and also across all other nations until those relationships improve this kind of free movement of players especially with India will not happen and I think it's needed to grow the game globally mm-hmm. uh, and put it in new territories that hasn't been before otherwise it won't happen but oh, your, your mates are starting to laugh now. I, was trying yeah. to make a, I was thinking I was formulating a Brexit joke when he said free movement players uh, but I wasn't quick enough right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a, a gadget is fully paid up but he's not willing to commit at this stage Publicly, whether which camp he would sit in, yeah. because he doesn't know. Sure, he's hedging his bets. Sure. So I think we kind I'm, of. I'm, I'll, be, I'm, I'll put my cards on the table. I'm firmly against the hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
to despair over. I'm not even sure if it is either. I think cricket is cricket is beautifully complex in the way that football is beautifully straightforward. Football dominates for a reason because it's done in an hour and a half. Any monkey can understand it. Anyone can put it together. It's so it's genius is its simplicity, and cricket's beauty and genius is its complexity. Uh, they to compare the two of them. I don't. I've never really seen that. You know, historically, right? One might be the winter game and the other the summer game, sure. But it's chalk and cheese when you look at them as, as actual games and sports themselves, I think. But then, so we, we still need to engage audiences, right? And we're not. Yeah, so but, but you, you would so all... How do we but since that, since that 2014 survey came out, uh, playing numbers have plateaued uh, in terms of actually playing Saturdays and Sundays. And finally, they're listening to what cricketers... Want to, want to do. They don't want to play 50 over cricket on Saturdays and Sundays. It's, it's a joke. Uh, they want to play 20 over cricket. They want to play 30 over cricket. 40 over cricket at a push. Uh, people are still interested in playing the game, but it has to fit into their lives. Uh, lots of cricketing organisations, they're just gone. Uh, they're still stuck in 1945, thinking that everything's rosy and there's nothing else to do in life other than have a game of cricket. So that is changing. That is evolving. Um, and there have been some good things to have happened to the game in, since that survey took place five years ago. There are some reasons to be cheerful. You know, the, we sit here at the Oval. They turn a five million pound profit every year on twenty twenty cricket, yeah. and they have twenty seven thousand people I every mean, Friday night. Do you think of the twenty seven thousand, many are watching the cricket? Or is no, a lot of them are just on the piss. It's, it's, it's of course big, they are. It's a big part. Of course they are. Um, but the money is still coming into the game. The money. The money through 2020 has actually been quite positive across the board over the last two or three years. Uh, well, it's 22% ticket sales up. I've said this on from yeah, previous year yeah. to the last year that's just gone. The ticket yeah. sales were up. Yeah. My point is that in this, cricket's beautiful in its complexity. Great statement, but that, in test cricket, that's especially the case. And if we're saying people have got less time, they need to fit around their lives, and what's, what's the view for the longer form of the game? It doesn't seem like it's got a place in the game. Uh, I think last year, 2018, was the best year for Test cricket. Oh, in since... terms of quality, in terms of games, they were brilliant. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we judge whether people are watching it? Well, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to, to sum up. I don't have the figures regarding attendances and you know eyeballs watching it. I do have some, some figures regarding the amount of people who were following the game in this country in 2017 uh, when the Women's World Cup was, was taking, taking off. And... The BBC took on footage from county games, and the numbers went through the roof on the BBC's website. And the reason why the hundred is happening, the BBC have bought it, is simply, and I know this for a fact, is because they looked at the numbers from 2017 and were blown away by the numbers of people on the website clicking on cricket, watching clips of, of you batting, and so on and so on. Um, the Women's World Cup final was the most viewed page that the BBC had that month across all of it. Across all sport, all news, all culture, all everything, the Women's World Cup final that, that Sunday afternoon. Um, Adam Mountford, BBC producer, told me it was on the back of these numbers that the BBC girded their loins and said, right, we want to be involved in whatever you've got, ECB, and let's, let's get back and into bed with one another. ECB turned around 100. Right, yeah. <laughs> BBC, I, think, I think Terrestrial TV did give them a criteria of putting it within a certain window of time, to be fair. Bang on. But I think the other thing... That um, what that shows probably is, and why this year is big is what what the biggest clickbait in the world is success. Right, England win, whether that's in um, whether that's in foot. Obviously, if it was football, it's a different league. But whether that's in like fencing or women's cricket or like the bobsleigh, if your um, BBC News headline front page England win, people click that. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. whether we like to admit it or not, we're re relatively well, we're a patriotic country. Right, we like to see. Like look like to be going back to like former glories, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and that's so that's why I think it is a big gift. If if England can and actually the, the most success, the most viewers we can get it is if England win the World Cup and then absolutely smash the yeah, Ashes. Sure. Nothing else yeah. fundamentally matters. How you then leverage that? Yeah. Go, going into the next set of deals is is what matters. Yeah. This summer, I think. Yeah. Two thousand and five was an interesting one because. Nine, nine and a half million people watched the final day on Bank Holiday Monday from uh, Old Trafford. So one in six people in the country uh, was watching a test match on day five. Um, 
those numbers throughout that summer were, were astronomical. It was my second year working professionally in the game, and I thought, right, we're, we're going to be, ah, oh, the good old days. The good old days of I thought, right, I'm, you know, we're right on the crest of a wave here. It's going to explode. It's going to be back in my wildest dreams of what cricket I always wanted it to be. It didn't work out like that. There's various factors for why that is. But one of them, I think, is the kind of innate elusiveness of the game. It's not a mass market game. It's just too well, damn odd well, and not, It's not inclusive no. by, by, by its structure, by no. its participation. By its history, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, football, football deserves to to dominate people's people's lives I, if, no, if we're going to be dominated like, by I, games. I hate to, like, draw this to an American sport, but baseball is... Like seriously complex, but it still is called the national pastime in America. I know I don't know their stats and numbers, but it seems to be healthy. Um, the concepts, why, the concepts, the con- is it? Is all, it? All games are is complicated, it? right? Football, football is complicated once you look into the strategy of it. Like it's not, as but it's but essentially but kicking the ball into the goal. Yeah, that's not with three wooden sticks planted at each end and a twenty-two-yard long pitch with a bowler. Yeah, but running baseball, in baseball is hitting a ball, action. hitting a ball as far as you can. In its I, 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 I love you, Aaron, but there's no way that you can conflate the complexities of baseball. No, I'm, what I'm saying is, the com- we've had part. I where I disagree is that. We've had periods where this game has been the central focal point nationally, and I don't think that's happening anymore. And the game hasn't got; it, they've tried to make it simpler, and that's still not happening. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, and so I, I, I don't dispute that. I don't dispute, dispute that. Isn't getting it back but, to its restoring it to its former glory. Yeah, and that's, and that's my point. Yeah, yeah. So that, and that's, that's, I think they're multiple. And maybe baseball's not the example, but that's my I point. I think with football and cricket, the, the challenge is multi-level, right? So, do kids at school play football or cricket? They're overwhelmingly more football than cricket. Uh, if you switch on the channel, can you watch football or cricket on TV? If it's FA Cup or England, you can watch football on TV. You have to subscribe to Sky to watch England play. And if you're really up for county cricket, it's even harder, right? So I think accessibility <laughs> is a challenge for a start. And if you talk, we talk about South Asian communities, like role models as well. I think England and uh, the ECB have faked it with Moeen and Adam. I think they, I think the average cricket partner probably thinks that there's a really healthy participation for the South Asian community in cricket because we've got a couple of guys with bigger beers than any of us. Not bigger than me. about the same. No, I still think it's longer. <laughs> still think it's longer. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's an ac- a massive accessibility problem. Yeah. Without it's a shadow of a doubt, it's crazy. You know, you, you, it's tragically, but not wrong term. Sadly, Ben Stokes is renowned, renowned now in the wider public for reasons that we, we don't need to go into now. Um, but you know, Joe Root, people wouldn't stop him in the street; wouldn't know who he is. No. You know, probably our best batsman of a generation. Um, Moeen and and Rashid, sure, they are. I like that Moeen is open about being a role model. I like that he's kind of got the the courage to say that and not withdraw from it um, but these characters they still work in the margins yeah. uh, that's that's a massive massive challenge you talk bang on about you know champions winning winning stuff great but also getting a kind of breakout star getting someone who goes out with a pop star getting someone who becomes a part of part of kind of everyday discourse <laughs> then, then changes changes the, the complexion of the game crazy as it is this is what this is what works this is what sells but I will say on that though like uh, I was reading a thing that Graham Son was saying, and he finished. He was on Strictly, right? Yeah. And he didn't realize he didn't realize how out of public Phil, consciousness. Right. <laughs> Sorry, what? How out of the um, the national psyche that cricket is that like no one knew who he was. Everyone knew after he was on Strictly, yeah. like everyone knew who he was. But he yeah. was a, again one of England's best spinners for a generation, for yeah. a couple of generations probably. Yeah. He could certainly bowl. Uh, <laughs> um, and Ramps, Ramps was the same, just on that point. Um, yeah. And Ramps won it. Yeah. yeah, and no, he didn't realise that no one knew who the fuck Strolled he was. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I think and that, yeah, I mean it's it's dangerous, isn't it? But I don't know. I think sometimes cricketers, not cricket fans, quite like being like a bit like like being on the outside. They like that no one really understands social outcasts. They do. They, don't, like, they like that they get more complicated. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you guys All right. Like just to sum this, this up from my point of view, if twenty twenty cricket becomes as, as the second biggest sport in the world after football, then I'd be delighted with that. I don't want Test cricket to become the second biggest sport in the world because that would demean the game as I understand it. 
if it becomes a mass thing that everybody suddenly gets, then it means that it's not the thing that I thought it was. I'm comfortable with it being elusive. <laughs> yeah, it's such a romantic amount of I'm comfortable with it being like, I want it to be it, as big it, as it can be. It goes on for a, for a fucking week. It goes yeah, on I know. for a week. <laughs> a game want... of sport goes on for a week. And I want everyone to watch it. Nah. And I nah. want everyone to watch nah. it and enjoy it. Doesn't... I, 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 I understand want... the complexities of it. I want to keep it for myself, but I do also want lots of people to buy my magazine. So <laughs> I'm deeply conflicted. Uh, anyway. Right, we should move on. And I think we're actually running out of time, so let's... We were going to ask you about the five cricketers of the year with Wisden, but you've got to go to a football game. So yeah, well, uh, have they announced them? Uh, they haven't. Rumours have started. They've been they've been starting to be leaked on who. Yeah. They are. Can you reveal any, who the five cricketers no, of the year are going to be? No, obviously not. No, they have they have my balls. Uh, my guts and garters, mate. Of course, I can't. Five questions. I feel like we're not on the five questions yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Do it. First question. Yeah. Is you can choose a batting position, but who Four. would you most like? Okay. Who would you most like to be your batting partner? Which celebrity? Which celebrity? Yeah. Uh, Danny Baker. Why? Because we just have a great laugh. Um, I live in South South London as well. Um, he's one of my all-time heroes. Uh, he, he wouldn't overplay it. We'd just have a nice old chat between overs. Um, a few anecdotes, a few stories. So so me, me and Danny B. Danny, Danny Baker. Talk okay. about the, you, uh, the, the enduring romance of South Bermondsey as well. We cover that subject. Can you get to come on our part? No. Uh, no. 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 Uh, um. uh, so I'll ask this one. Which cricketer would you most like to negotiate Brexit? <laughs> um, it's a lo- lovely, lovely question. That uh, I think Ed Smith does he count? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he does. He's an, he, he, cricket, cricket, yeah. he? he did play cricket. Yeah, for England. Um, <laughs> and he wrote a book about baseball, which Phil hates. <laughs> I, I think Ed Smith is so so joke clever. You know, like David Willett's two brains sort yeah. of vibe. Um, two brains, Willett. And he, he's, he's kind of unnecessarily articulate. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've sat in, in sort of press conferences with him and like the little kind of press huddles that they do. And people go in there kind of being, right, here we go, I'm going to get him. And he just sits everyone down and he just gently School demonstrates sir. his sir. intellectual superiority. Grounded, of course, in some of the finest schools in the land, that goes without saying, but, but he, he, he wears it. Uh, very, very elegantly, and I think in this nation of ours, which of course maintains a degree of deference for our kind of social superiors, I think I think he will he will slip in there and and get and get the job done for us. Oh, fair enough. Nice Tory guy as great. well. Then, indeed. Indeed. Um, indeed, indeed. Well, I'll ask the next one. Um, Do you know Tory or Brit? Well, obviously he's a Tory. He's a Tory. Come on, of course he is. What's, I mean, he... everyone, everyone in cricket, apart from me and me. And you're not in cricket, with respect, although you are in cricket podcasting. You are podcasting. cricket, yeah, exactly. You, you are in cricket, cricket podcasting. Sorry, the only person on the payroll of cricket, uh, me, Mark Wood, and Gareth Rees, is that his name, the old opener from Gould, yeah, are the only known left-wingers in cricket. I reckon Jamie Porter's... Uh, Jamie Porter's... Oh, we didn't get a chance... I used to play with Porter. We didn't get a chance to bring that up. Maybe that's another podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, star of the week, Jamie Porter. Yeah, star of the week. <laughs> Sensational performance. Wisdom, Wisdom were quick to report that, weren't they? When they yeah, deleted yeah. the tweets quite quickly. You are very quick up there. Did, did they delete them? Uh, when I say they... them. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Porter did, yeah. No, Zafra Ansari, I think, is a... Oh, no, of course, Zafra as well, yeah. Good. So soon to be new columnist uh, for Wisdom Creek Monthly, is all he? being well. Is that an exclusive? Oh, is that is an exclusive? exclusive. And he's going to join us on the pod, so, you know, you don't, really, you don't have to bring us Danny Baker, we've got Zafra and Saru. No, that'll um, do, it's an upgrade. So what career would you like to have pursued, if not cricket, if not in cricket? Uh, magician. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm absolutely 100% true, yeah. You or a fisherman. I've thought long and hard about these. These are very easy never, questions to answer. <laughs> never a magician, to a magician, me. sexiest job in the world. Famously so. Famously so. Think about it. Paul Daniels. Yeah, this is it. What, what, what attracted you to the millionaire yeah, Paul Daniels? Famous Shanger. Copperfield. I don't want to yeah, reduce this to, to who, who one can, can go to bed with. Yeah. It's, it's, se- it's sexy in the general term. You know, people just... just are amazed by by you as an individual if you're a magician. So I'd always want to be a magician. Less amazed okay. than Jonah. Oh, gotcha. Cricket Jonah. Actually, yeah. I'm never not impressed by a magician. Drop, drop that one in parties. Oh, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm a cricket writer. It's a, a real panty dropper. 
Um, <laughs> uh, or, or, a, or a fisherman, trawlerman. Always fancied that as a gig. Trawlerman? Yeah, a real kind of old school one, it, man in the sea. A woman in every port again. Fight, again? Fight, Why is it related? Yeah, others. it's like sexy or trying to trawling no, around different I, I, cities. I wasn't aware that trawlerman covers the, the sexy gamut. But Famously anyway, so. Famously so. A magician or trawlerman for me. There's a joke in there as well that I can't say it uh, on the podcast. Um, go on. Is that it? No, no there's one, two more. There's two more. I'm saying myself for the last your, one. Your what do you hate racing. most about cricket? Um, the kind of this podcast. Earnest, smug, uh, mutual ass slapping, uh, kind of inner sanctum old boys club aspect of it. And what the ECB? You can't say that about them. <laughs> and uh, I, I find Just be clear I find new ways to get out every year. Um, extraordinary. I get worse and worse the more I play it, and yeah, I've got more talent than Aaron Herrera. It's bizarre. Famously so. Bizarre. I've only got three shots. It's not hard. These two have got more talent than me. I know. I tried to, I've I just made it work. Um, yeah. I had so little talent in cricket that the only reason I got in the school first team was because Aaron was one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, reading selection. Sri Lanka's reading selection. Um, Hasn't happened. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the final didn't Alan famously make you do a few nobles from time to time as well? Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. No, These allegations really? need to, like, need to stop immediately. Uh, and the final, final, final question. Yeah. Um, it's deep, but you've already said some very deep answers. Thanks, man. What has <laughs> taught you about life? <laughs> uh, that, that, it's, that it's not sexy. That, that it's, it's all just one big laugh, isn't it? The, the sillier we can be in life, the better, I think. I, I think... I think you just try and be as silly as you possibly can right to the end. Um, and that, that's all I can offer, really. What's cricket? How's cricket doing that? Cricket's ridiculous. <laughs> cricket is ridiculous. That's why I've always loved it, and that's what it's taught me. Cricket is the silliest game out there. Just run, run through the words that you have to use. You know, where do, where do you want to start? Silly, silly mid on. <laughs> it's got silly in it. <laughs> silly, silly point. Silly point. Oh dear. Short leg. Oh, the, the whole lot of it. But even just, just, the, just the nature of the game. You know, Everything about it is silly. That's well, why I love it. Philip Walker, thank you very much.